Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports covering all things college football. Brandon, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Uh, doing well. Doing well. How about you? Well, we're doing awesome, man, because uh, we've been having some fun and some crazy discussions. I'm sure you have been uh, going crazy with it, too, just over the weekend situation uh, with Auburn. I know uh, that's a beat that you're very familiar with. You used to cover a lot of Auburn football uh, years ago. And uh, just kind of walk us through the situation with what's been going on at Auburn. And also, uh, was this something that uh, you felt like was inevitable, especially when they made the move of hiring a new AD at this point in time of the year? Yeah, I mean, Brian Arkin's going to get fired at some point <laughs> this year unless he just had, like, some miraculous run starting a couple of weeks ago, and that obviously didn't happen. And Auburn's president, Chris Roberts, uh, who's fairly new at the job there, he wanted to kind of have a clean slate for whoever the new AD was going to be. And when they zeroed in on and settled on John Cohen near the middle of last week, they saw an opportunity that if they were to lose Arkansas, while everybody expected uh, that that was the time to make a move and the president would make the move and say, Hey, we are getting rid of Brian Harson. And then after that, they would introduce the new athletics director and the athletics director wouldn't have to put on this whole pony show of, Hey, I'm going to evaluate the football program and just look at things here over the last month of the season. No, not doing that. no, no, uh, interest in having that charade. Let's just get it done, move forward, and get an early start on the uh, coaching search because you need to get someone in place um, as quickly as possible, but also in a realistic timeline considering that a lot of the coaches you're wanting to go after are going to be coaching, obviously, for several more weeks, but also are not going to be willing to leave their jobs early. So we know about the timing of Brian Harson, and it all makes sense with hiring John Cohen as the AD, but what about the timing of hiring a new AD? How does how how does that play? Uh, I guess in college athletics and college sports, usually it seems like it would be a move that's made towards the end of the year. Well, they were were caught off guard, and uh, we're not off guard, but they their AD there, Alan Green, resigned. Uh, a couple of days before the football season started. And so when you have a vacuum, so to speak, with your AD there, you've got to hire someone quickly because you're in the middle of a fall semester. You don't just have football going on. You're preparing for other fall sports. You have swimming going on, for example. you got track and field about to gear up. And you've got all kinds of other practices going on with other you know, winter sports and spring sports. In the fall, you have an entire 19 team program to kind of run in your athletics department. You've got to have someone in place. And so they weren't going to wait around. Um, I mean, heck, if they, if they could have, they could have, they, they would have hired John Cohen in mid September if they could have. But obviously the timing wasn't right and they had to go down the list of, of candidates. And so, um, it's not like a coach where you got to wait till the end of the year, but with an AD, um, you can get someone in the middle of a, of a year or fall semester because that's just how it works. Those contracts are so much easier uh, to get out of, number one, but also number two. Uh, it's easier for them to move 
uh, from school to school as an administrator rather than a day-to-day coach as you're trying to prepare a team to, to play every week. Yeah, so help us understand the the Cohen move because you're talking about a guy that seemed like he was all Mississippi State. You know that that's it. that was his school, and he had a lot of connections there. I know he also had connections to Kentucky and other things, but it felt like Cohen and Mississippi State were pretty synonymous. What what do you think led to the decision of him leaving Mississippi State to go to Auburn? Especially because listen, coaches and everybody change, but to go within the division and leave a place that you have so many connections to just seemed a little bit surprising. Yeah, that's his alma mater. He played baseball there, uh, graduated from there, coached baseball there, and his obvious was the AD there. 30 years of experience there in his lifetime. But from talking to people close to him, I know him very well, he, he saw an opportunity to be able to compete for championships in multiple sports at Auburn that they weren't able to do at Mississippi State, and particularly with football. He wants to have a legacy as someone he's able to build uh, a pro help build a program with football that is a national title contender and, and wins the national championship. He was not going to be able to do that in Mississippi State. And in this era of NIL and as things change, Mississippi State is not in the position to capitalize in the transfer portal in with NIL. Auburn is, along with many other programs, but when when Auburn reached out to Cohen and Co., they had a presentation of here's everything we've got. You know, um, here's what we're hearing about our NIL programs outside of uh, the athletics department, how much money they've been raising. This is what we're setting you up with. This is what we can do in the future for you. And, you know, that's sold Cohen. And then also you take into consideration that he worked under two previous ADs in Greg Byrne and Scott Strickland, who were. Mississippi State guys and ADs there and are now ADs in the SEC, but at other schools at Alabama, Greg Byrne, and Scott Strickland, who, by the way, is also a Mississippi State alum. Now he's at Florida. So um, it's kind of a, I hate to say it, it's a stepping stone job in a lot of ways for some of these ADs because they can go out there, they can try some things out and be quite honest, uh, fail at times because they're a little bit more willing to be try to be more progressive because they don't have the type of cash or obviously the brand to uh, attract top-tier coaches. So they go out and they take chances and even with their marketing. And Cohen was able to do that, and that caught the attention of, of Auburn and some other places. And when they came calling, he, he saw an opportunity, just like his two former bosses, uh, Greg Byrne and Scott Strickland, to move on to a bigger gig. Football is first, and that's the sport that always comes to mind that we're thinking about. But with uh, John Cohen having that baseball background, Auburn not necessarily being, you know, they have their struggles in baseball. How much of a boost would you expect for their baseball program? Because ADs, it's their job to kind of get all sports on track. Yeah, yeah, potentially. And uh, I think Auburn went to the College World Series either a year ago or this past year. I can't remember. I don't follow baseball very closely. But I know their head coach, Butch Thompson, and, and you know, uh, John Cohen, that's his former assistant coach at Mississippi State. Butch Thompson was his pitching coach at Auburn, excuse me, at Mississippi State. They are really good friends. They talk almost daily. And now they're going to talk daily. Has they're going to be co-workers as boss and uh, worker and employee once again. And Auburn's, you know, facilities for baseball are in need of upgrades. I think they just did something recently within the last couple of years. 
the problem there with that campus is that if you've ever been on Auburn's campus, the baseball stadium is literally in the shadow of Jordan-Hare Stadium, the football stadium, and it's on the corner, like kind of like on a corner lot, and there's a lot of stuff around it, and there's really no way to expand and build outwards with facilities because it's just there's not enough land right there. So you got to kind of build upwards. So they've had to build some like practice-type facilities underneath the stands, and still there's only so much room. But I, I would think that uh, Cohen's going to do his best to upgrade facilities there, um, which is what he was known for at Mississippi State. In, in reality, he upgraded a lot of facilities there at Mississippi State and really kind of turned things around there in Starkville when it came to just catching up with everybody, especially in softball, tennis, and baseball. They re-did, I mean, they completely tore down Duty Noble Field and re-erected it into this beautiful, just absolute mecca of baseball. And their softball complex, that's combined with the tennis complex, is almost equally as beautiful and impressive. And that all happened under his watch, and he got it done. So I, I'm interested to see what he has in store for Auburn here in the next five years or so when it comes to things outside football. And I say outside football because the football program right now, in December, another selling point for their coaches, the coaching search, is that they're about to open up a $100 million football facility. So they've, they've got some things that are already being built right now, but those uh, sports on the outside, like you know, baseball, softball, and track, especially track, I can tell you that firsthand there, that they needed, they need some immediate upgrades and eyes on them. Speaking with Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Brandon, what would you make of the report that Hunter Juracek – was offered the job over at Auburn, and he comes out and makes a statement. It looks like there's going to be a raise for him staying as the AD of, of Arkansas. But when you're looking at the pay, it looks like, at least from the reports, that he's staying at Arkansas for less money than what he was offered at Auburn. What would you make of that circumstance and the uh, choice of him to stay at Arkansas instead of leave for Auburn? Yeah, it's interesting. I, what was the uh, what's he saying for it at Arkansas? What's the pay? It's uh, at one point five million plus two hundred fifty thousand dollars per year with incentive bonuses that could be uh, added into the mix. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I did some reporting of my own, and, and Auburn did indeed approach him about the job and talk to him about it and uh, offered him. And uh, he turned him down, obviously, and got the, got the raise at Arkansas. Auburn was very much trying to go after someone with SEC experience, and for that matter, experience leading programs and showing that they can <clears throat> hire the right type of coaches uh, in the programs that are kind of an inflection point. And, and obviously, that was going on there at Arkansas. And I think with, with, with Juracek, He's someone that is not afraid to make some difficult decisions, but also stand by them and be strong, strong with them and stand in the face of boosters and explain things to them and not back down. And that's kind of what they need at Auburn. They need someone with a huge, strong backbone to go against some of the good old boys, so to speak, there at Auburn that like to try and throw their weight around. And so uh, it's not too surprising when you hear that type of criteria that they're looking for that they ended up landing on John Cohen after uh, Juracek uh, turned them down. As far as Auburn's coaching search, where do you think they go? Uh, if you could start from 
Where do you think they start? Who's the first call they make to uh, how they kind of get through that list of some of the names that we've heard? Yeah, uh, I reported yesterday talking to sources close to uh, familiar with, with Cohen's uh, list and also some people at Auburn. Uh, that number one on that list is Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Um, they're going to do their best to try and see if he would be interested and then pitch to him why it would make sense for him to come there and not stay at Ole Miss. We'll see how that works out. It's going to be a roller coaster, I believe, my opinion here. It's going to be a roller coaster for Auburn these next four to five weeks as they go through this coaching search because no way Lane Kiffin's going to sit there and, um, you know, have to answer questions potentially week to week to week about Auburn and press conferences and everything. He's either going to have to shut it down completely or uh, kind of find a way to string this along if he's actually interested in the job. And so it's going to be a weird, weird month with that unless, and this is what I think is going to end up happening, you're going to start hearing other names involved in this search that uh, may or may not be um, kind of a uh, – you know, throwing multiple treats out there like you would for a dog, like, look over here, look over here, look over here, to distract where maybe they're actually looking to. But um, Lake Kiffin is number one on that list. Now, the other names that I'm sure that have been bandied about by a lot of other people include Hugh Freeze at Liberty, which I think is actually kind of a bit of a stretch uh, based off the people I've talked to just because of his past and John Cohen, when he was at Mississippi State, had a very intimate and close uh, uh, understanding of what was going on at Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze, and I'm not sure that he has forgotten about that. Um, then you got to look at maybe someone like a Matt Rule with the Carolina Panthers who got fired there. I know that Matt Rule has reportedly already like started talking to people about what it would be like to coach at Auburn, what the high school scene is like there with recruiting. He's doing kind of his homework, but I'm not so certain that Auburn is going to be someone, uh, be a school that reaches out to him uh, here in the very, very, very near future. Um, but, you know, if that doesn't work out, I think this is a search that is going to depend a lot on regional coaches in the SEC and the SEC type footprint. So look out for a guy like a Mark Stoops at Kentucky. And then also, he's a wild card for you. Uh, Dan Lanning at, at Oregon. He's got a pretty big buyout right now, but obviously knows the SEC from being at the D.C. of Georgia and working in the SEC long before that. He's got a fantastic O.C. and Kenny Dillingham, who previously coached at Auburn for a year with Bo Nix. And um, I think he's someone if Auburn really wanted to kind of swing for the fences if they were to miss out on Lane Kiffin or something like that that they could potentially reach out to. Okay, so speaking about the Lane Kiffin one, because I think that's probably one of the more fascinating deals because very seldom do you see coaches go from conference within one conference team to another, but this is talking about even a division that's close by. If you're Lane Kiffin, like, it, it, would be, going to Auburn be a better gig? Would you feel like you could win a national championship a little bit easier? Because Ole Miss obviously proved that they have success, but Auburn, you got Bama, you got Georgia that you play every single year. It, it, it's a tough place to be at. Do you think Lane Kiffin would leave Ole Miss if he was offered the job for the right amount of money? I think so. Um, if, if he's in a position where he believes I want to win a national championship and I have enough confidence in myself that I can get it done, but I know I probably can't do it here at Ole Miss because of some limitations, then yes. And 
you just got to go by at this point what he has said publicly and the way he acts. Um, recently, as last week, he complained, or not complained, but he said that he wanted to keep DJ Durkin as his defensive coordinator, but Texas A&M outbid them, and that that shouldn't happen, and it did, uh, but Ole Miss didn't have the money for it. He has complained about the attendance at games at Ole Miss at 11 a.m., and if he's complaining about that right now when they are very successful, what's that going to look like if he says, you know, has a six-win season or seven-win season, or they're not top 20 in the preseason. Um, I think he would worry about that. Um, and then also NIL money. He has been very public since last spring going through the summer about how the NIL pool of money there wasn't quite what he wants it to be, and for that matter, not very competitive with the big boys in the SEC which kind of led him to saying we need some type of guardrails around NIL, which a lot of people are saying, but he was being very vocal for it. At Auburn, that's not going to be an issue because they've already raised, my understanding is, well over $11 million that they've pulled together. That number is climbing, and it's going to continue to climb as they try to rally everybody around. They just launched one of their NIL initiatives there that's going to bring in more money, and that's something they're going to pitch to Lane Kiffin. You know, everything that you're missing at Ole Miss to get you over the hump there, you're going to have here at Auburn. Um, and I think that would be very difficult to turn down for him considering uh, what his concerns have been there at Ole Miss. How about Dan Mullen and his connections to John Cohen? Uh, oh, man, I, I don't know if that would happen. You know, I was joking with someone yesterday before they named Cadillac Williams as the interim coach, said, hey, maybe you bring Dan Mullen in as an interim just to run it as a CEO type and oversee things and get them through this to see how he does. But um, I find that I, I think that one would be very difficult to, to kind of swallow. Yeah, if that, if that ended up happening, it, it would be just you know craziness to go through. But uh, one thing that, is Brandon, you know, because you covered Auburn for, for many years, there's this stigma about Auburn and how difficult it is to be a coach there. You feel like you're always on pressure. You feel like you're always on the hot seat and everything. You know that program well. Is is there truth to that? Like, is there is there, is it a legit place where if you're coaching there, you always feel like you got people just waiting to to get rid of you? Is that a real thing? Oh yeah. Uh, when the going's good, it's fantastic. I mean, it's amazing. It's. Uh, some people call it the most magical place in the SEC. I call it the most fantastical because it could be feel like a fairy tale in town. When things are going good, it's just like everything's gold. But when things are just mediocre and, God forbid, bad, there's, there's zombies walking in the streets, and those zombies know how to operate weaponry. You know, <laughs> it is scary. It is freaky. Everybody's out for blood. And um, it's just – and crazy things happen there. You know, crazy endings to games, crazy seasons that come out of nowhere. Um, it's just a fantastical place. And I think coaches get told that, and then they get there and they witness it, and then it's like, oh, wow, I did not expect this. It's it's, it's a grinder, man. And it's not just day-to-day, like, what's it going to be like? It could literally be the same day, like you go from the highs of highs to lows to lows because – you know, a couple of boosters got pissed off about something. It's uh, <laughs> an interesting place. 
Yeah, well, it probably will be a fantastical coaching search, too, for the Auburn Tigers, but something that should be interesting to look out for. Brandon, as always, we appreciate you joining us, man. Have a great weekend, all right? All right. You too, guys. Thanks.